This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the No Name Never football show and podcast. Um, We're taking a break from normal duties this week as the Clarets face Manchester City away in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. We do also, though, have a quick look back on that midweek victory in the EFL away at Hull 3-1. Another three goals for Nathan Teller. And just generally speaking, we're all just waiting now. When's promotion coming? Come on. Getting impatient. We're trying to do the maths. Is it two wins, three wins, four wins? What's Luton doing? How are they throwing a spar in the works? Who knows? I am joined this week in the studio with resident statistician Dave Roberts. Uh, and we also have a little bit of input from analysis um, team member Tom Whittaker. So hold tight and let's go. So let's kick right off and start having a quick look at that whole game. We're not going to deep go deep dive into the the whole result just because it was pretty much business as usual for Clarets. A 3-0 win away. From, no, 3-1, sorry, we conceded. Last kick of the game. 3-1 win, another step closer to the Premier League. We are choking off those games now and it's getting to the point where um, we're all kind of sat here tapping our fingers a little bit and waiting for the inevitable promotion to be confirmed. Um, We did, however, get you a little bit of information and a little bit of analysis from our uh, colleague Tom Whitaker, who was up at Hull and gave us this post-match analysis. Hello, Tom here, just with some uh, some thoughts from the Hull game. Just uh, reading from the season script, really. Uh, uh, Another... Fantastic away win. Um, I don't think we we had to play particularly well. Um, don't think we really got out of third gear. But um, a masterclass in finishing again from Nathan Seller. The the goals are really really good. The first one, the way he just chops inside and uh, and a finish on his weaker foot uh, gives the keeper no chance. I don't think. The second goal was a lovely move. One touch pass in. The cross was perfect from Matson and a, a lovely finish from Teller. Uh, felt the crowd was a little bit flat. I think we're almost expecting these wins now it's there's no jeopardy to this season anymore and in some ways it's enjoyable but it can detract a little bit but I thought after the second goal it was party mode we're all enjoying it the fact that Middlesbrough dropped points means that the the finish line is is in sight now and uh, and that just made it all the more enjoyable uh great for Tyler to get the hat trick as well just alert nicking that ball off the defender and uh 
I thought he was going to play Benson in, but of course, when you're on a hat trick and and the game's already won, you can afford to be a little bit selfish. And uh, as with his other two, he took the goal fantastically well. Uh, delighted for him. The only worry I have from this game now is uh, I think I feel like every goal Teller scores puts another million quid on his price tag from Southampton. But it was good for us to see them get beat as well. Hopefully they go down, we go up, and. Uh, and we can uh, we can steal him away and, and make sure he's here next season because he's been uh, he's been fantastic, especially the second half of this season. Made it another very enjoyable night, another great three points, and uh, and we march on. Dave, business as usual. When are we going to? Have we done the maths yet? When are we going to get promoted? Is it three wins or two? There's a little bit of controversy as to what we need. Luton are throwing a spanner in the works, I believe. Well, yeah, I mean, the, mathematically, it's uh, we're having to wait a bit longer, but we could probably lose every game. Yes, I agree. Season, yeah, so. I, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. I I would. No, no I, I'm not concerned at all. Um, and like I say, I'm just getting to that point where I'm just a little bit impatient now. I would quite like, because I just want to get on with the season and get the party going. Um, but I think we were all pretty clear that we thought that we needed three wins, last night being one of three. But then somebody did a little bit of analysis on Luton, which might have thrown a bit of a spanner in the works. So we're not quite sure what's going on there. If they win every game between now and the end of the season, yeah. We have to win every game. Obviously, we can't afford to drop any. Or does it just put us later? uh, Sorry, yeah. They they need to keep on on winning, which is what could happen, but we'll see. But they're also going to run out of games at some point because we are... How many points clear are we of Luton? 15? More than that, isn't it? Because they're behind. Uh, yeah, so we're thirteen behind Middles, seventeen behind Middlesbrough, and they're what three? I think we're twenty points ahead of them. There's only, there's only twenty-seven points to play, so it's got to be a maximum of four games. Assuming yeah, I, we I win them all. Sometime over Easter, all being well, if we can keep on winning. Yeah, well, I think we discussed this at the last preview show. The Easter one's obviously the key weekend with us playing both Borough and Sheffield United that weekend. So. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I kind of hope that we have got something riding on those games. It's not over before then, because otherwise it's going to be, you know, it's going to be difficult playing Sheffield United and Borough over the same weekend when they are both trying to get into the um, automatic places. So let's see how that goes. Um, well, let's move on because we are taking a break from the EFL listeners. Uh, we don't normally do an FA Cup preview show, but Dave Roberts, being the legend that he is, decided that it was too momentous an occasion to let pass. The Clarets this weekend are in their first, <clears throat> excuse me, their first quarterfinal FA Cup game in over 20 years. Of course, we drew Manchester City away. Goodness me. It's at Saturday, 8, uh, 18th of March. It's a 5.45 kickoff because it's live on BBC One from 5.25. Probably the tie that we were all um, wanting to avoid, but also the tie that the media wanted. It's Pep Guardiola versus his apprentice. Now, before we get on to the match itself, we did actually leave you with a tricky quiz question that we wanted you to look at. It was as follows. Can you tell us the last team to concede an aggregate of 10 or more league goals against Burnley in a league season? Who were our opponents and what was the season? I did indeed note at the end of the last preview show, Dave, that that was a stinker of a question. Where on earth did you pull that one out of? Uh, well, I was che- I kind of had an inkling before the Wigan game because we'd scored five goals away. Could we score five at home and get to double figures? Now, in the end, we didn't. We only got 
eight because we got the the three goals at home. But I sure. thought, well, that probably doesn't happen that often. When I checked back, it hadn't had that was our stats of the week in the uh, the last show. <laughs> um, it was the first time this millennium we scored eight against any team. So I thought, well, I'll take it back a step further and say, when was last time we scored ten? So we've got to yeah. go back a little bit further than ninety seven, ninety eight. Ninety seven, ninety eight was the season, was it? York, they 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 scored eight, so we have to go back further than it, well. The clue ah. was it was how much further did we have to go back? And who was uh, it? To the eighties. Uh, we went back to the nineteen eighties, and the team was Port Vale, and the season was nineteen eighty three, eighty four. Uh, we had a an emphatic seven uh, nil home win that was in uh, November nineteen eighty three. Uh, and we followed that up with a 3-2 away win later in the season. That was in April 1984. That was during John Bond's only season as manager. Lovely. That's, that's a, that is a, I do like those stats, actually, and those quiz questions when something sparks in your brain you go off on a little bit of an adventure and you go and bury yourself in some books. So that was a good one. Enjoyed that one very much. Uh, a quiz star this week was Todd Claret on Twitter. He did get it right. I don't recall seeing anybody else we did ask around the known and never team, see if everybody else knew it, and we drew very much blank faces. So you you managed to scupper them on that one, Dave. So do not fret. If you want to have a go, another go at another quiz question, you don't have to wait very long. You just need to hang around until the end of the show, and we will let you know what we're going to set you this episode. Let's turn to the game then, please, Dave. Um, I, well, how are you approaching the previous show? Are we, are we sticking to just FA Cups, or are we doing... Any meeting? Uh, well, we, normally, we do the championship head to head. That's what we've been doing this season. But obviously, we're not in the championship. It's a cup game, so we're actually going to do FA Cup head to head. We're going to look back on all the matches Burnley played against Manchester City in this competition. Well, then, without further ado, off you go. Okay, uh, this weekend's quarter final will be the sixth time that Burnley and Manchester City have been drawn to play each other in the FA Cup meetings between the two teams in the country's Premier Cup competition. In January 1931, Burnley, who were a second division side, faced Manchester City of the first division in a third round tie at Turf Moor. Uh, the Clarets were very comfortable 3-0 winners. Uh, that was thanks to goals from Andy McCluggage, Tommy Prest and Evan Jenkins in front of a crowd of just under 26,000. Uh, two years later, in March 1933, Second Division Burnley made it as far as the FA Cup quarterfinals and once again faced First Division Manchester City at home. This time, over 48,000 flocked to Turf Moor, a number which was reportedly boosted by around 20,000 City fans. Sadly, the Clarets were narrowly defeated. A 13th minute goal from City's Fred Tilson was the only difference between the two teams, and so our courageous Cup run came to an end. Uh, we didn't meet City again in the FA Cup until 1991. On that occasion, Burnley were a fourth division side, with City once again in the top flight. Uh, that was shortly before the formation of the Premier League. Unusually for the time, the match took place on a Sunday. It was the third time, only the third time, that Burnley had played a competitive match on a Sunday and was also the first time ever at Turf Moor. A bumper crowd of just over 20,000. So an entertaining game in which the favourites eventually went through with just a single goal from Colin Hendry. But the fourth division side gave it a real good go and perhaps just missed a touch of quality in front of goal on the day. Uh, the two remaining meetings in this competition took place much more recently in consecutive seasons. 
and unlike the other games we've mentioned, we met as equals, or at least we were both in the same league. Uh, both games took place at the City of Manchester Stadium, and both were convincing City wins in the end. Although in the third round tie in January 2018, Ashley Barnes gave Burnley a surprise 1-0 lead in the first half, before City came back strongly in the second half to win 4-1. At the fourth round tie, a year later, in January 2019, ended as a disappointing 5-0 defeat, and so we won't dwell too much on that match. Uh, if you've been paying attention so far, you'll have already realised that Burnley's overall record against Manchester City in the FA Cup is played five, won one with no draws and four defeats. Burnley have scored four goals to City's 11. Well, do you know what I say to that, Dave? We are well overdue a win. Um Moving on then, for the second half of this season, regular listeners will know that we've been scrutinising our opponents' famous fans. made sense for us to therefore continue that and take a look at the celebrities who have a strong affinity towards our cup opponents. Now, can I just, before we go on to this, Dave, you've expressed some discontent with the scoring methods from Team None and Ever. What are we doing wrong? Why are you not happy? It's been all over the place, to be fair, hasn't it, really? Let's be well, honest. to be fair, it has. But also, when you keep changing the rules on us every single week, then we're well, the kind of not taking seriously. Okay. The rules are consistent. The, the rules are not consistent. So you told us no owner is allowed, so we couldn't have Delia, we couldn't have El Elvis. No. Elton. Elton. Elvis. <laughs> not, not, not an owner of Watford. Um. Okay, fine. I don't agree with that, but whatever. Then you said that they had to be living. Okay, I can kind of live with that. But giant pie mascots are allowed. Well, to be fair, that, that was a left-field one that I threw in. I mean, that, that was entertaining. Come on, give me that. It was entertaining, but also yeah. don't be criticising our rules when you, uh, well, when you make them up as you go along. There were basically no other Wigan fans, so we had to <laughs> throw the pie in at the end. Well, the, the Pi ended up dragging their score up. I think they got scored a lot higher than they would have done. Um, it is worth mentioning, of course, that where Nona never leads, others do follow. Celebrity fans were in the news this week when Pep Guardiola expressed his disappointment that actress Julia Roberts chose rivals Manchester United back in 2016. Um, so that's definitely one name that is not going to be appearing on the City's Famous Fan lists. Why don't you talk our listeners through who you did put on the shortlist, please, Dave? Uh, yeah, we've picked six uh, of the most notable City fans we could find in no particular order for your consideration. Uh, well, actually, oh. I see six. It's, it's actually seven because the first one is two for the price of one. Uh, Noel and Liam Gallagher. Of course. Who else? Wouldn't choose one over the other. They'd be bickering, wouldn't they? So we put them both in. <laughs> uh, we've then got uh, Ricky Hatton, the former boxer, yes. very notable Manchester City fan. Uh, Timothy Dalton, one I haven't realised, but uh, Timothy Dalton, the Bond? actor for Bond. Uh, he's a, a big City fan, has been for a lot of years. Uh, number four is Jason Manford, the comedian. Uh, number five, Johnny Marr, the musician, Smiths, of course. Uh, and number six, Jackie Chan, the uh, the famous veteran actor. So they're our six. And one thing I will say about this, I mean, Matt will put it on our video, I think, when we when we do the, uh, uh, put put it out on YouTube. There's I will picture... do it. I'm, the, I'm a YouTube editor, not Matt. What am, what am actually, I doing here, Dave? There's actually pictures of all of them wearing 
city scarves, city shirts. They're actually there. I have there. seen it. <laughs> I have. I've already pulled your graphic ready for for the show. Um, like so, like last week for Hull City, who was yeah, I not having any of that. Movie. Yeah, I was photoshopped. Um, well, in terms of scoring our city celebrity fans, I drafted in the assistance of Team None and Ever Dave. I consulted the group and we discussed, and we've decided. Am I moderating? No, you don't oh. get mod. I'm the moderator in this quiz, so uh, I asked them for it all, and I moderated the score. So collectively, none and ever is giving Manchester City celebrity fans zero. They're not getting a single point. The reason for that, Dave, is quite easy. We are quite sick of City winning everything, especially when it comes to something that we're involved in. So for one, something that we can control, they are going to absolutely, without question, finish bottom of our leaderboard this season with no point. So there you go. Sorry, City fans, but you win everything else anyway. Moving on, Dave, memory match. Good God, I don't even know where this is going to go. It could be any one of painful games. What have you picked for our memory match? Uh, yeah, tricky one, picking memory match. Uh, with a limited selection of cup games to choose from, we did mention that one win way back in 1931, but no one remembers that. Uh, so we've widened the net uh, for this week's memory match. We could have chosen Burnley's charity shield victory against Manchester City at Main Road from almost 50 years ago in August 1973. But instead, we've opted for a more recent match against City, which took place at Turf Moor just over eight years ago in 2015. Uh, nobody gave struggling Burnley much of a chance when the reigning champions were in town for a Premier League match in March 2015. But miracles can happen. Ooh. And when Kim Trippier's free kick was played into the box, City skipper Vincent Company's headed clearance fell to George Boyd who sweetly struck half-volley skimmed just inches above the turf and beat a helpless Joe Hart in the visitors' goal. The Clarets clung on to the slender lead, and with Tom Heaton having to face 11 shots from the visitors in the remaining 30 minutes, but only two were on target, and he and the defence stood firm to enable Burnley to win the match 1-0 to the delight of the turf more faithful. Uh, this remains Burnley's only win over Manchester City in the last 29 meetings between the two teams in all competitions since 1975, which kind of puts into perspective the enormity not only of that win in 2015, but also the challenge that Burnley will face once again on Saturday tea time. Yeah, I think we're all pretty much expecting how that's going to go, aren't we? Um, well, before we get on to having a look at what we think the game is going to um, bring for us, we did get a chance to speak to an opposition view. We spoke to Jonathan Berry uh, from, it was, it was Honest John Berry is his Twitter handle, and he gave us his thoughts ahead of the game. Hello, it's Jonathan again, and it's great to be back on No Name Ever as a City fan. Um, really looking forward to the game at the weekend. It's quarter-final fever. All the better for being at home and all the better for playing another Northwest club in Burnley. Um, added spice. It's the return of the absolute legend that is Vincent Company. Can't wait to see him back. Um it's going to be great. Absolutely great game. Really looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, I went to the game on Tuesday. And before that, I'd say City, they're not playing 
as well as they can do at the moment. They're playing in third gear all the time. They're just kind of going through the motions and then something happened. Everything clicked on a Tuesday night and we won 7-0. Uh, bit of a lucky break, I think, with the penalty for the first goal. After that, Haaland's just an absolute machine. De Bruyne was on absolute fire. Um, just everything went our way. We absolutely tore them to shreds. I'd be surprised if we do that to Burnley on Saturday. Um, but it makes things interesting. That's all I'll say. Um, one thing about Burnley, it's been great. And it's been no surprise to me to see how successful Vincent Company's been. Um, just to give you a little bit of insight into the man. I was on the stadium tour recently at the Etihad. Uh, and they have a changing room, which is circular. It's like a bit like King Arthur's table, but with uh, lockers and things like that. And the guy said, he said, the only people allowed in here are the 18 match day players and the staff. So Pep and his staff said the only exception to that was for Vincent Company. And they said even if he was injured, he would sit in the sit in the middle of the changing room and he would encourage everyone. And he said he was just such a machine of a man, such a leader. He was allowed to actually stay there. Um Again, the man, lesser players would have retired years before Vincent Company did. He had that many injuries at the back end of his career and he just kept coming back and it's his absolute force of nature. I'm sure as a manager, he's great, he can comfort players, but he demands exceptional standards. And it's no surprise to see Burnley doing well. I think it's going to be a great game and he'll get a great reception on Saturday. Uh, as far as Pep's approach goes, I think second-guessing Pep is the most difficult game in the world, but he'll take the game seriously. Um, I'd expect him to play our usual kind of formation, not experiment too much, so it'll be a sort of 4-3-3. Um, and here's who I think is going to be in the lineup. I'm going to put Edison in goal. Uh, Edison's had a lot of criticism recently from the City fans for, you know some questionable decisions shall we say and maybe not saving as much as he can so Pep backed him in the last round so I can't see him not doing it again uh, across the back I think uh, Rico Lewis the young lad he'll get a chance at right back I expect to see Diaz and Akanji playing centre half with Ake at left back uh, in the middle De Bruyne played 90 minutes and so did Bernardo Silva um, on Tuesday night, so I'd expect them not to start against Burnley. So I think we'll probably have Rodri again, uh, Gundogan, um, Foden, Grealish Mares, and why not Alvarez instead of Haaland up front. Uh, but I'd be really surprised if Haaland doesn't play, to be honest. Score? Well, we won 7 0 on Tuesday. Let's give it a, a 3 1 to City. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Referee information. Do you want to tell us a referee or do you want me to do it, Dave? I don't mind. Well, we don't get you on very often. You do the referee. Okay, we've got uh, John Brooks of Melton Mowbray in Leicestershire. He's been given the responsibility of this very high-profile FA Cup quarter-final tie in Manchester on Saturday. Um, he's not a particular, particularly familiar name to Burnley fans. Uh, the one and only previous game of ours, which he took charge of, was a nil-nil draw. That was against Wolves at Molyneux in December 2020, uh, 2021. Uh, in that match, he showed two yellow cards to Wolves players and three to Burnley players. Uh, John Brooks is also the official who last month, as a video assistant referee, uh, he erroneously ruled out a perfectly good goal for Brighton against Crystal Palace. Uh, as a result, he had to sit out a couple of rounds of matches, but he's been back in action since then. Uh, we'll have to see how he gets on on the pitch without the help of a screen in front of him. Uh, speaking of VAR, as was the case with our third round tie at Premier League Bournemouth, VAR uh, is back this weekend. And oh, Andy is it? Madley, yeah, Andy Madley's been appointed to be the video assistant referee. Oh, I'm not looking forward to that. That's a little bit of a pain. I've been uh, in deliriously happy um, ignorance of VAR this season. Um well, it's the it's the tie none of us wanted. It was the first draw out of the hat. We'd not even got home and you know been able to celebrate the first quarterfinal in ages before our name got pulled out of them. Um, I guess where are you looking with this, Dave? Are you thinking that we could get something? Are you thinking we've got no chance? Do you think Pep will? Like, we know he won't rest players because he never does. Um, I don't even know where to pitch this. I don't know what to expect. Well, it, I think it's the archetypal free hit, isn't it? We, yes. We've got a fantastic uh, league run. We're doing really well in the in the championship and we're all but promoted from, from there. Um, so we can kind of go out with, with abandon, really, and, and, and play how we want to. Obviously, we don't want to get embarrassed. We, City are capable of, of putting goals against teams. They scored seven, didn't they, in... Uh, in midweek in uh, in the Champions League, so that can happen. Um, but it's it's just one of those where we use it as experience to you know measure how far we've come this season. We kind of did that against Manchester United. We went to um, Old Trafford. We lost two uh, nil. Again, we weren't embarrassed there, but uh, we we could have scored in that game. There was a, a, a one cleared off the line, wasn't it? Could have gone slightly different. Um, it's going to be tough. We know it's going to be tough. It's always tough against Man City in their own backyard. But miracles can happen. You never know. What are you tempted to do team-wise? We talked about this a little bit on the whole preview show. Do you Are you tempted to stay loyal to the players who got you there? Or do you think this is an opportunity to try and get a shock and get us, into, get us to Wembley, but also test the first team as to what they can expect next season. Where do you go with that? I might have been tempted to rest a few players at Hull actually and keep them for the weekend, but he didn't Same. he didn't do. He pretty much went with the uh 
strongest team he had uh, against Hull on Wednesday. Um, if he does make changes from that side, it may be a case of you know resting players. City have had an extra day, haven't they? They played Tuesday, we played Wednesday. Um, that might come into it a little bit as well. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that's not going to bother. That's going to bother them. But uh, but I know what you mean. No, I do yeah, mean. but I think I think we have to go with the strongest side we can put out. But that bearing in mind that there might be a case of um, of resting a few players who who played Wednesday. But I, I don't think you 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 put the full team in that been playing the cup games. That you you go for it now. You go. For, and you you're happy. Get one you're happy with that. You. I, I mean, I am. That's exactly yeah. what I do. But I'm just a bit. It's the old age debate, isn't it? It's like you know, it, it, a lot of teams who play their second, play their kids, or play their reserve side for particularly the league cup. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting one. Uh, of course, Nathan Teller's on fire at the moment, so I would He's definitely be playing him. Yeah, and this is absolutely a game that needs Ashley Barnes. It needs his physicality and it needs that um, assist that he brings, the the way he can bring the ball down and just get defenders off them and create space for his uh, strike partners and his wingers. So, all good. Um, obviously, Manuel Benson came on last night at Hull. Um, very welcome return to him. I, I expect we'll see him on the bench at City, give him a try. Uh, yeah, I think he's he's still working his way back in. He, he got like a little bit of a knock towards the end as well, didn't he? And the yeah. uh, the whole so um, I think Never he went. collectively. I think again, it'll be a case of having him available on the um, on the bench to try and change the game uh, if we do uh, need that later on. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's a case of going with you. You strong. We don't want regrets in this. I, I look back at the. Um, uh, the Watford quarterfinal from 20 years ago. And again, we don't know what went on during the week, whether the players sure. who weren't fully, but we had likes of um, uh, a, a better players on the bench for that yeah. game. And it just seemed a little bit odd. And that, that was against a side who were in our division. We we're playing another championship oh, really? for a chance yeah, to get into the, um, the semi-finals. Yeah, I love that. That's exactly where I'm thinking. Like, no regrets. Let's just go for it. Um, yeah. Bearing in mind that the tie has to be decided on the night. We can't do a replay. Give me that good old score prediction, Dave. What do you think? Well, it's it's one of those where, yes, we can win. Burnley could can win. It's, it's, it's a team against another team in a cup game. There's always a chance. So it's kind of heart and head, isn't it, in terms of what you... What you think? Your heart thinks, yeah, can can Burnley win? Your head thinks, well, we're probably not going to, but let's go with our heart. Let's say, well, you know, we're going to sneak a win, going to get a two-one win. You never know. Dave, this has made my year. You never go with your heart. You well, never do this. One-one draw, can I? No, that's very true. <laughs> Don't spoil it. That's literally the the best prediction ever. I've, I've been teasing you for such a long time about you sitting on the fence and not going with your heart. That's made my little heart sing with joy. Um, I'm going to back you up. I don't think we'll score two. Um, so I think we are going to win. So I'm going to back us to win 1-0. Um, I think it's going to be an early-ish goal in the second half and we hold on to it um, somehow and we go through. I think Because I think if we have to go to penalties or extra time, I think it's going to be too difficult. Um, I'm very interested to see how we cope being on the other side where we're the ones kind of chasing shadows rather than making other teams do that to us. Um, so I think it's, I think if we've got any chance of winning, it's got to be in normal time. So I'm going to say 1-0 to the Clarets. Um, let's then finish off this section, Dave, with everybody's favourite. We would like you, please, 
live on air to delve deep into those pockets of yours and give our viewers and our listeners your miscellaneous stat of the week. Yeah, we're looking back at an FA Cup stat of the week. Uh, This season is the 19th occasion that Burnley have reached the last eight of the FA Cup, but it's been a relatively rare occurrence in recent seasons. In the last 50 years, the Clarets have only reached the last eight four times. The last time we won a quarterfinal was a 1-0 victory over Wrexham at Turf Moor in 1973-74. We went on to lose 2-0 to Newcastle United in the semi-final at Hillsborough. In 1982-83, we exited the competition at Hillsborough again, losing 5-0 in a replay at Sheffield Wednesday after the original quarter-final tie at Turf Moor finished 1-1. In 2002-03, as we've mentioned earlier, the Clarets lost 2-0 at Watford in the last eight in a rather disappointing performance. Unlike our last three quarter-finals, the reward of a semi-final at Wembley is on offer this time. And wouldn't we all like to have another trip down Wembley Way again, or maybe two, if we could somehow go one better and reach the final for the first time since 1962? Dare to dream. Dare to dream, our tagline. I completely and utterly agree. Hi, Adam here with your double game week 27, no name ever fantasy Premier League update. Starting off with your team of the week. Lined up in a 3-5-2 formation and it would have scored you 130 points. In goal, Steele from Brighton, um, making the most of taking Sanchez's spot with a clean sheet and three bonus points. In Brighton's double game week, uh, two-all draw against Leeds and 1-0 victory over Crystal Palace. Uh, He is still only 3.9 million and Brighton will have more double game weeks to come. So definitely a good option going forward, but just be aware of the blank game week as well that's uh, that's coming up. Bat three of Gabriel from Arsenal. He was actually benched by 40% of his owners last week, but managed a goal, a clean sheet and two bonus points in Arsenal's 3-0 away victory at Fulham. And then two Southampton players. Not many people were talking about Southampton before the double game week, but they managed a clean sheet against 10-man uh, Man United at Old Trafford, followed by a 2-0 home defeat to Brentford. Uh, saw Bella Kotchap get 10 points and Walker Peters get 9. Into the midfield, uh, we've got uh, Leandro Trossard uh, with a quite unbelievable three assists and three bonus points in Arsenal's win at Fulham. Uh, and he is a differential compared to their other midfielders, Martinelli, Odegaard and Saka. Uh, and then two double game week Brighton players, uh, Matoma with two assists and one bonus, and March with a goal and one bonus in, uh, like I said, Brighton's double game week against Leeds and Palace. Uh, March was very unfortunate not to get another goal as well. He went down as a Jack Harrison own goal, but has since been credited to March, but because of the FPL rules, he doesn't get the points. Very frustrating for myself and many other solid March owners. Um, former Burnley player Dwight McNeil uh, got a goal and three bonus points in Everton's big 1 0 win over Brentford. And completing the lineup, already mentioned him, Jack Harrison had a very eventful game. Uh, with a goal, assist, an own goal, and three bonus points in Leeds' 2-2 draw at home to Brighton last weekend. Up front, uh, England's finest, um, Ivan Tony and Harry Kane. Tony with a goal, assist, and three bonus points uh, in Brentford's 
one nil defeat away at Everton. Um, so obviously all of his uh, goal contributions come in uh, away at Southampton as Brentford won two nil midweek. Uh, just a quick note that he's one yellow away from a two match ban and may also have another ban for um, for his uh, his betting uh, allegations coming up. So be careful if you want him to bring him in. And completing the lineup, Harry uh, Harry Kane with two goals and three bonus points in Spurs' comfortable three-one home victory over Forest. He's now had, he's now at twenty goals for the sixth consecutive running uh, season running. Onto the known in ever league table, uh, rundown of the top five in fifth place: Brad Banks with one thousand seven hundred eighty-two points. Fourth: Alice Flanagan, one thousand seven hundred ninety-one points. Uh, it's me in third place, 1,792 points. And then we've got joint leaders now. Um, still Alex Maxwell with 1,808 points. But joining Alex is Joe Bale, if who managed to score a massive 125 points. Used his bench boost chip very well. Also on 1,808 points. Uh, so getting very tight at the top as we're coming to the last, um, last 10 or so games of the season. Uh, just a couple of notes. So, as I've just mentioned, we've got a blank game week this weekend uh, with the FA Cup quarterfinals, with obviously Burnley involved. So, Manchester City, United, Brighton, Fulham, Liverpool, and West Ham all blank. So, um, I think a lot of t- it'll be a very popular week to be playing your free kick, uh, free hit, or wild card chip if you haven't done previously and prepared for these blanks. Uh, we covered a lot of the questions. Um, on the FPL special pod uh, last week where FPL Claret joined me and we talked through all of the um, conundrums for the rest of the season. Uh, so give that a listen or feel free to send us through any of your questions uh, to the normal um, email, Twitter and Facebook channels. Um, just a quick note to say, lastly to say, the deadline is Friday, so today the 17th of March at 6.30pm before um, Forest and Newcastle game tonight. And wishing you all green arrows for blank game week 28. Up the Clarets. So let's finish off with, Dave, your quiz question for this episode, please. What are you going to ask our viewers and our listeners to submit? Okay, this week's quiz question is as follows. Uh, Before this weekend, when was the last time that Burnley played an FA Cup tie in the month of March? And which team did we face? Ooh, gosh. That must be going back. Must be. Don't know. That's going to really tax me as that one. While I'm having to think about that, Dave, why don't you tell our listeners how they can submit their answer, please? Uh, yeah, you can send your answers via email. Uh, that's previewshow at net, or you can send it on Twitter. Send us a direct message to at never, or you can post your answer to the uh, YouTube video. You certainly can. Comment, 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 please. And hello to all of our new viewers. Our YouTube numbers have been climbing steadily. It's very nice to have you all here. Um, do comment, subscribe, share, spread the word. Um, it's very nice to... Keep this as a little family. I do like a little community. That is all we have time for. This is a break from your normal broadcasting. We are looking ahead to, of course, quarterfinal in the FA Cup. We might be away at Manchester City, but it's the magic of the Cup. You never know the small guy 
David can beat Goliath at some point. Is this going to be the weekend that Pep gets taught a lesson by his apprentice? We shall see. This has been the No Name Never Analysis Show and Football Show. I've been Natalie Bromley. Until next time. The Known and Ever podcast is brought to you in association with the TalkSport Fan Network. Natalie Bromley is the host and editor, and the show is produced by Matt Moss. Our resident statistician is Dave Roberts, and our FPL expert is Adam Dennett. The analysis show team is collectively Tom Whitaker, Richard Steele, George Poole, Charlotte Rigby, Adam Dennett, and Robbie Kopak. Our music is provided by George Gaskill, and our newsletter team is headed up by Jamie Smith. If you don't already, you can subscribe to our newsletter by visiting nonadnever.substack.com. Our thanks as ever go to our partners, TalkSport. We are, as ever, proud to be part of the TalkSport fan network. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.